You are listening to the Amodamar podcast. In this series, Amoda explores her essential teaching through conversation and excerpts from interviews and events. To find out more about events and to sign up for her newsletter, go to www.amodamar.com. Please subscribe, comment and share if this podcast moves you. And if you feel called to donate, please go to the website. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to uh, the final Amodamar podcast of 2022. Uh, we're recording this on the day after the solstice and a couple of days, two or three days before Christmas Day, and I'll put it out. And by the time hopefully you're listening to it, it's Christmas will be upon us. So uh, blessings and great tidings to each one of you. Um, uh, Hello, Moda. Hi, Kavi. Um, today we're, we, we, we've been meaning to have this conversation, uh, for a while. And, uh, I guess it's no small irony that it's ended up now in a, in a way, because we actually decided to talk about the, the crucifixion. Um, I know it's irrelevant in some ways at Christmas, but we don't care because we've been planning to do this for a while, or it's been circulating. I don't know about planning for a while. So I wanted to, 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 um, to ask Amoda particularly to open up the conversation about the metaphor of the crucifixion for any religious people out there. We're not casting any aspersions. We're not even talking about Christianity or anything religious whatsoever. We're simply using the idea of uh, or the metaphor of the cross and the metaphor of 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 a of a Jesus on the cross and what that might mean to us in a in a in a kind of contemporary spirituality, particularly in the uh, conversation about non duality and where that meets the ego construct. So we're going to jump into that. We haven't really got any script as usual. We don't really know where we're going. So we're just going to dive in. And if we're lucky and we have time, I'm also hoping that Amoda, you'll talk a little bit about your personal experience, the, the kind of vision you had or the, the, the time of your awakening, because that seems to be relevant to this conversation as well. So having said that, that given that mouthful, um, once again, Amoda, I don't really have a direct question to ask you, but let's open it up with this idea of the metaphor of the cross of the crucifixion. Can you jump in somewhere there? Well, I never really had, I'd never really thought about it. Um, I'd never really looked into the symbology of the crucifixion or any uh, of the story or metaphor of of Jesus. Jesus. Um, But the direct experience of um, just prior to awakening of 
what was experienced as a crucifixion, not a physical crucifixion, but an ego crucifixion, that just appeared and allowed me to understand at least what the symbology is uh, pointing to, or at least in, in relationship to the spiritual journey, um, what the crucifixion might mean, um, in particular to do with the horizontal and the vertical dimensions. Um, and, and this was just my experience and my understanding. Um, shall I go into that? <laughs> yeah. Have you, uh, so that, so it actually arose in a sense out of, it just, it just kind of came to you that there was this correlant. Yeah. Between, between that, between the two things. And, and, and have other people talked about, it? is this a common conversation? Cause I don't know anymore. I can't, I can't, I haven't got a clue. <laughs> I, well, I don't really know either. I think that, um, uh, I think that teachers like Adya Shanti and yes, uh, yes. I think even Eckhart Tolle have, um, referred to this symbology in some way. I don't think many non-dual teachers do. Um, those are the only ones that come to mind. Mm -hmm. Perhaps others have, uh, but both Eckhart Tolle and Adyashanti are not religious in the conventional sense. And yet I think they, they refer to it in the same way as my understanding, which is, uh, more of a metaphor for the inner journey of transformation. Mm -hmm. And, and again, when, when, when this sort of occurred to me or within me as an experience, I, I didn't relate it to, oh, that's, that's what it means <laughs> in the Bible or that. You know, it, it was just simply that I started using the language yes. of crucifixion in relationship to what that means, uh, uh, for the, um, inner transformation of consciousness, uh, awakening out of the ego identity, um, I started using the language of horizontal and vertical yes. dimension. None of these ways of speaking had I been familiar with prior to that. So it came very spontaneously. Um, mm. And I even started speaking about God, uh, again, not in a religious con context um, or, or traditional context, but really in a non-dual context. And again, I, I wasn't even familiar with non-duality, but it was from that inner transformation in myself that I was, I started to speak about that. Now I don't necessarily use that language anymore, mm -hmm. um, but, but do... it was very alive in me uh, in the early mm -hmm. days. Yes. I, I mean, I remember, you know, for, for, for me, because you're always, you've always been ahead of, ahead of the game in, 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 in what happens between the two of us. And you were talking and in, in, publicly and, um, and you started to talk about uh, the verticality and the horizontality. And this landed in me like a, like a, wow, you know, I really got it. The visual, the, the sort of inner visual sense 
in what you talked about, which I think we should actually go there for that conversation, you know, to talk about that now, because it landed in me and it, and, and I understood it. I didn't sort of, in, in a way at the time, I didn't even understand it sort of what one might call intellectually or anything. I kind of did, but it landed somewhere else. And this is the power of metaphor is that to, 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 to speak of the vertical and the horizontal, that's the, the cross. There, there is the cross that, mm-hmm. that the self hangs upon. Yeah. This is a, is a, is a very palpable, uh, image that one has that informs something. You know, I go on about the secret intelligence within us, I think, you know, and, uh, and so it really spoke to me. So it is powerful. And I think maybe that's a good starting place. Yeah. Mm. To, yes. to go there. Yeah. Uh, uh- I think I understood in myself the that the horizontal dimension was the movement of egoic mind or egoic consciousness <clears throat> in terms of <clears throat> um, never resting right here. Uh, a kind of agitation that meant it was moving, if you like, forwards and backwards. That's how I experienced it. And the, the forwards was a, a moving towards hope, whether it's a very minor hope in the next moment. The next moment will be better. The next moment will be more. The next moment will be more fulfilling. The next moment will be more, I don't know, nourishing or whatever it is better just better just better <laughs> yes like this 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 isn't enough so i saw that or it could be a big hope if you like yeah. uh, the hope of one day i'll be happy one day i'll feel love and so on and so on and, and so i i saw that movement in myself both in a small way and in a big way of hope constantly moving into the future And I saw uh, the backward movement as fear, Mm. yeah, a a kind of uh, almost a running away from something it was uncomfortable with or running away from a memory or running away from a feeling or running away from something. So it's a kind of fear with its roots in the past, a past experience, a past memory, a past whatever happening, a past idea. Yeah. Um, so I, I saw the movement of mind. And, and so I came to describe that as a horizontality. And I saw that most of humanity in, let's call it the unconscious state, the unawake state, is caught in that, is trapped in that. And I saw that as the root of suffering. Um, and then I experienced the stop, the stop, the, the, the pause right here. And that was experienced well, in two ways. One is the death of the ego self, and we'll we'll go into that. But it was experienced as a verticality, not a verticality that had an up or a down, but simply, if you like, an eternal now. 
the vertical dimension was experienced as having no forwards, no backwards, no mm-hmm. future, yes. no past, no up, no down. It's simply here. And that was experienced as an eternal beingness. And that's what I came to describe as horizontal and vertical dimension. Sometimes I I think that when the word vertical is used, it can be um, conceptualized as something that's higher, the vertical dimension. We go higher and higher into higher states of consciousness. That's not what I'm speaking of. The vertical is just the eternal now. It has no top, no bottom, no landing place, no forwards, no backwards, no agitation. It's totally here, just this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the horizontal and the vertical. And then in that stop was experienced the end, the end of the agitated mind the end of the uh the self that was seeking either to run away from or to run towards so that's that's experienced as an ego death so i call that i think the words that came to me was crucifixion because the self is crucified in that the ego self is crucified in that it feels like a death Psychologically, it feels like a death. Everything that was previously in some ways familiar, but familiar unconsciously. This movement is just familiar to us. It's, it, yeah, but it's an unconscious kind of familiarity. The stop is the end of that. So the familiar comes undone. And the familiar is also the habitual, the sense of self. So I called that a crucifixion, or those were the words that came to me. Yeah, it's like on on the on on that uh, axis. Yeah, axis. Yeah, we can continue in the horizontal unconsciously, and that's that suffering. Yeah, at some point, that suffering, that samsara, the constant craving and aversion, is samsara. Yeah, the wheel of samsara, the, the 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 suffering of that. Yeah, but then the end of that is a death of the self identity, the habitual self, what we might call the ego construct that's constantly seeking. Yeah, that's constantly seeking happiness or satisfaction or fulfillment or love for itself. So it's the end of that self. So that was experienced as a crucifixion and a resurrection. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like we're, re- we're reborn into the verticality of now. Now, okay. uh, for me, that came as a kind of um, initially as a, as a visionary or mystical experience. And later on, it came as a spontaneous and unexpected um, awakening out of the dream state of self. First of all, it was more like um, uh, the, the visionary mystical experience. It was almost like a teacher, a guide. 
It sort of showed me the way, it showed me the way, uh, not intellectually, but energetically, viscerally, experientially. But it didn't bring an end to the dream state of ego identity. It just gave me an awareness of that movement. And then later on, awakening took place that seemed to have nothing to do with that. But looking back on it, it was a replaying of that, <laughs> that, that which had been shown to me as the stop. It's almost like the, 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 the visionary or mystical experience prepared me for that stop in some ways. Uh, again, I, I can only say this by looking back on it at the time. Yes. I didn't really know that. Well, most of the that that kind of uh, decoding, if you like, of experience happens uh, in in reflection. That's the beauty of our ability to reflect. Is exactly that. You're not you're having the experience or the yeah at the time, but then in retrospect, you can see it in a different way. There's there's so much in what you say. There's so much in 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 a way this 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 pivot. This access between the uh, the verticality, the so-called verticality, and the so-called horizontality is a, is actually, you know, I've thought about this a lot, and it's it's like in that very access itself, that place, yeah. This is the this is it. This is the this is the 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 end of the ego domination, if not the obliteration of the ego construct, it is actually the, 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 there's a surrender of it. It gets surrendered somehow by what, or maybe you'll answer that, but it's like, and, and, and so it's like, this is no small thing that's being talked about. I know that Adya Shanti has, has talked about this and he has written a book about Jesus and extrapolated and talked about it. So there is an awareness of this, 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 this metaphor that's being talked about. So, you know, the, the question is that are we talking about a, a, a one time, a one time crucifixion or are we talking about Two questions, or are we talking about ongoing crucifixion? And is the crucifixion of the ego at the axis or altar of beingness something that every person who experiences an awakening has, whether put in those Christian terms or or not? So there's a there's quite a lot of questions in that. I think the question as to whether it's a one-time experience or an ongoing experience that's the same question as is awakening gradual or is it sudden. Yeah. <laughs> I always like to get to this. <laughs> it, it's both. It is both. And yes, it's both and for some it's gradual, gradual, gradual. And for some it's gradual and then sudden. Yes. Um, I don't think everyone experiences it in these terms necessarily. Um, it can be a kind of uh, falling away of the mm. self 
that um, may not be described so viscerally in this kind of uh, crucifixion <laughs> metaphor. Um, yes, well, you don't always, you know, you, you, I, I don't you haven't anymore, talked about no. it for ages. No, yeah. I haven't. It, it really was what, what came to me at the time. I think if we look at the spiritual journey um, of inner transformation or transformation of consciousness i think the the metaphor of the of the crucifixion and the resurrection does have a um uh, you know something in it or it points to something that is universal in that journey of transformation whether it's experienced as that by the individual or not i think it's referring to um at some point, <laughs> something has to die, and and the word "die" or "death" is kind of scary to many people, and again can be misinterpreted. But it simply means something has to stop. Mm. And mm. what is that stop? That stop is the seeking self, or the self that it doesn't mean the, the, the seeking self in the sense of oh, just stop reading spiritual books. <laughs> no, no, no. It just means the self that's seeking to reflect on itself to to is constantly seeking something for itself something uh more love more worthiness more yeah it's always that more and again it's not to do with more yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the material sense necessarily that's that's yeah. kind of almost irrelevant it's it's on the inner level which which comes from a sense of lack and and it's almost always seeing life through the lens of the self yeah it's a kind of a, almost an acute self consciousness when even mm. when it's not mm. you know aware of that mm. but that's really what's happening it's self centered mm. so we could call that self centeredness a kind of myopia mm. yeah it's mm. just a lens it sees through and and so that that operates in the whole of life. And so really that's a kind of codependent relationship on life or a bartering system or a, yeah, some kind of transactional system. What can and I get? And this is the, 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 the Buddhist, in Buddhist terms, craving and aversion. Really. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and so at some point on the, on the spiritual journey or the journey of self-realization or the journey of self-liberation, if we're really seeking freedom, the true freedom that comes from uh, the end of that movement, yeah, um, there has to be a death of something. Mm. And it's simply the death or the end of that movement. It's a psychological process. And as that falls away or is crucified or however it's experienced, something new is born, but it's not like a better self is born. Yes, yes. What's born is, well, this is where the resurrection comes in, the light of consciousness. The light of consciousness is unencumbered by the, the, the shell of the self. Yeah, the shell has come undone. And so the light of consciousness comes to the forefront. We can also call that awareness. So instead of being aware of the self, well, there isn't much awareness in that, but instead of the self operating with just automatically, 
yeah, to to seek something more and more and more and more and more, or to to run away from, yeah. The 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 awareness becomes aware of awareness, which is the light of consciousness, and that comes to the foreground. And so we we experience that as freedom from mm-hmm. self, yeah, freedom so, from self. Yeah. So it's, there's a death, and there's a, a there's a kind of rebirth in that. So I'd like I, I, just following that on now we're down the rabbit hole. Is the self? Does the self? Can the self give itself willingly to its own death? Because there's nobody else here to do it. (laughs) Because the moth must give itself to the flame in order to become the flame. Jesus on the cross gave himself as the individuation that he was, even as his kind of humanness, I would guess, I would say, gave himself willingly, went through that whole journey of willingly allowing himself to be crucified and experienced doubt, and experienced, yeah, before then the the resurrection came. So following the metaphor, there is a self involved in in that death. (laughs) The the willingness to, to die is... Is surrender, yeah. So, in some ways, you're not giving yourself to death because if you give yourself to death, you've got an idea of what death is. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. it's almost like um, even you know, it, 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 it's it's just sort of the willingness of surrender, and it doesn't know. To what, yeah, the willingness to surrender um, in in the metaphor of the crucifixion, the 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 surrender is in the midst of suffering, mm. um, which, which also has a, a symbology to it because mm. the the suffering that we experience, the internal suffering created, but that by that craving uh, uh, and aversion. Um, which which may be catalyzed by something that happens in life, or it may not. It might be just life itself. You know, the the very <laughs> fact of human existence, the very fact um, of human suffering. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's in that when we surrender in the midst of that that the greatest transformation can take place. Because the the suffering or the darkness or the yeah, it it, it pulls us either to keep on fighting it, which creates more suffering, or to finally surrender. It's almost like it throws us back into ourselves, into the inner dimension of beingness, yeah, instead of on the surface trying to change. And for for, for Jesus on the cross, you know, perhaps there was doubt and resistance mm. and anger and confusion and all the human qualities that come whenever we're in a challenging and painful situation you know, loss. Yeah. <laughs> he was losing yeah. his life, losing. Yeah. Um, a, a, and then at some point 
when all that struggle, internal struggle, uh, is seen to be futile and actually creating more suffering as he, uh, you know, shouted out, oh, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? Exactly, yeah? yes. Then yes. there can be a moment of surrender, which is the same as grace, where that struggle, which is the horizontality of it, just comes undone. Yeah. And yeah. in that we fall into the eternal presence that is the light, the light yeah. of consciousness that is always here, always was here, but it gets clouded over or obscured by the circumstances and the struggle therein. And in that moment, that's the resurrection. Now, yeah. in awakening, yeah. that's what takes place either um, either temporarily or, or, or abidingly, yeah? Yeah. Um, and in, in, in the metaphor of Jesus, there's then the resurrection in that, yeah? He does come back into eternal life. <laughs> yeah? That's the embodiment process of, of the spiritual journey. Yes. There may be an awakening in that moment. And then there is some time, <laughs> the time between the crucifixion and the resurrection, which on a symbolic level would be the time that it takes for that light, to, yeah, that awakened consciousness to truly filter truly in. Filter, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's some yeah. kind of transmutation, I think in uh, uh, more theological terms, that would be called the transfiguration, mm. where in the tomb or in the cave, yeah, which mm. is basically uh, after awakening, we may feel uh, that we in some ways withdraw uh, from from the the usual uh, <laughs> marketplace activities. Maybe not withdraw, but certain activities fall away. Maybe uh, old addictions or maybe relationships or maybe social interactions no longer have their their um, a sticky invitation, <laughs> yeah. So they come undone, and we find ourselves more, uh, perhaps, uh, something uh, more solitude or more simplicity. That certainly happened for me, um, and you could call that the time in the in the tomb. Yeah. So the inner, yeah, the outer world in some ways falls away or doesn't hold the same uh, uh, allure. Um, and, and, and then the inner realm starts to change by, or gets transfigured or transmuted by itself, which is a kind of cleansing or purification. I've spoken yes, about yes, that. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, purification of, of certain tendencies, the purification of, um, emotions that might not have been met before coming forward. Yeah. And everything's seen in the light. So, the, so there it is. And in that it's released, it's undone. And then that's the embodiment, yeah? And then the resurrection takes place, but there's both a resurrection in the moment of awakening and the crucifixion, but there's the real resurrection, which is then the symbology of the of, of Easter, <laughs> um, where, where Christ, 
the light returns embodied, but as eternal life. Yes. Eternal yes. life. And that's the eternal presence within. Oh, my, 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 my. So in a contemporary context, that's the purification process. Now, I don't think everyone goes through that necessarily. Yes. There can be an awakening in the moment, the crucifixion and the rebirth. Let's call it rebirth rather than resurre- resurrection in the moment. Yeah, which is awakening out of the dream self, the dream state, the ego state. And then sometimes the the embodiment or the purification or the transfiguration doesn't always take place. Yeah? Yes. And that's okay too, because there can be a great uh, acceptance of what is, even if there are old behaviors, patterns, emotions, yeah? But very often, if you give it time and space, it will filter in to all aspects of the the, the human lived experience. So. <laughs> wow. This is such a good conversation. It also is uh, Neo coming out of the, you know, unsticking from the, from the matrix when they unhooked him from the matrix and in that symbolism and he fell and then he ended up on the Nebuchadnezzar and he went into his darkness actually where they needled him to come back to life to actually, uh, be able to remember, you know, the, actually the divine essence of who he really is, not the fiction that he was, but actually, and it, and it, and it was very, very painful to, to actually start embodying that, for want of a better term, divine, yeah, essence that he, he truly is, because it doesn't just necessarily come easily, easily, because there's living life as the divine. It's a whole shift of, of location. We've talked about the location before. And that's what I hear is, and, and that's a different place to live from. And mm-hmm. it, does take some getting used to, whether it's for Jesus character or, and there was, while you were talking, I was, uh, I was reminded that, that uh, Jesus and the metaphor of the cross or the story of the crucifixion is actually the same story in a different way of Buddha under the Bodhi tree with the Maras. The Mm. Maras are obviously the same thing. Yeah, it's just we've got this, you know, the, the, the Jesus story is very, very dramatic because it involves other people. It involves that judgment. It involves that hatred. It involves that violence. It involves all of those kind of things. So it's a very palpable story to us on that level. But, 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 but actually the Buddha under the Bodhi tree, you know, went through the, the very, very same thing where he was called over and over and over again to the surrender that you just talked about. Yes. So it it lives, that metaphor. It's however one phrases it. It's always the same thing, really, mm. isn't it? It's mm. always the same thing. Mm. Yes. Yes. There's also something, um, I don't know if this is in the symbology of the, of the Jesus story, um, but in my visionary experience of, of that, uh, that there was something uh, also about the, um, the merging of the feminine and the masculine, the merging of the, uh, 
masculine uh, as, uh, let's say, God, the God figure, the the God, the Father God, and the feminine as the as the as the mother figure, the Holy Mother, and um, the, the the masculine represented presence, and the feminine represented openness, unbounded, unconditional openness, unconditional, yeah. um, and and the presence is just the, the eternal presence. It's unwavering. It's unshakable. And somehow in that crucifixion, resurrection, or rather rebirth, and then resurrection, and um, awakening, <laughs> awakening into the non-dual, beyond duality, uh, beyond me and other, beyond me and life, uh, was also beyond masculine and feminine. It was a merging of the masculine and feminine as the qualities, experiential qualities of presence and openness in the now, in the now, in the now, that transcended masculine and feminine. So uh, in some ways that also had something to do with um, no longer needing the opposite to fulfill because this had merged into both yeah and and the both did not have there were there were not two anymore it wasn't like there was a masculine and feminine it was beyond the masculine and feminine um uh, and and that that was experienced as as a non non dual yeah <laughs> everything was was experienced in that non dual realization or recognition yeah there was no inside outside there was no uh you know life out there me here there was no masculine and feminine well, this, there was- <laughs> this goes back this goes back to the conversation that we had two weeks ago which is the tantric way this is this is the speaking of tantra which is the merging of of all things the end of duality which is the same thing as as non-duality it's the yes. ending of the idea of duality yes. not through some abstract philosophical notion or or you know but actually through the the, the tantric way of mergement all things all things are, are are one thing. So that's it's that, isn't it? That's kind yes, of what yes, about. yes. And I, but you know, perhaps the way that the 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 Christ story relates to that is that if we look at at least what we uh, know of uh, you know Jesus, uh, the Christ figure, um, and perhaps the qualities that attempt to come through that. Well, that's a beautiful uh, union of the masculine and feminine. Yeah, there's the, I guess, depth of wisdom, and and the eternal presence. But there's also the unbounded heart, the uncondition, un- unconditional heart, um, which is perhaps less obvious. In the Buddha story, yes, yes, I suppose. I mean, so. I mean, Buddhism also talks about compassion, but it's 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 very it's very vibrant in the in the Christian or the Christ mythology symbology. Yeah, so it's it's a, a real mergement of that 
male and female, masculine and feminine. Yes, I, you know, again, I, you know, there isn't, a, there isn't a story or, a, or a metaphor, uh, in, in, in any, anywhere that speaks so personally to me. You know that it, 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 it is uh, extraordinary. It speaks to, to, to the tenderness within me. It speaks to the one surrendering in me. It speaks to me, you know, on 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 so many different levels. There's such a beauty to it. So, and let let me ask you a little a little question that I don't know where this all land is. Like, uh, as a as a as a non duality teacher, as such, yeah, that's kind of the bag that you you've ended up in 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 some ways. Maybe the embodied version of the non duality teaching, uh, and yet. You know, I know you very well, and 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 have known the, you know the the who you are as well. And I wonder where this 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 mystic Amoda lives, where she comes from. I wonder where the the divine essence. There's something there's something in you that has a divine something or other flavor or quality. And I wonder where this. This doesn't arise in everybody. This doesn't arise in in every teacher by any stretch, yeah. But there's something within you, and I just wanted you to can you can you speak to that at all? I know it's vague, but, but <laughs> <laughs> hell, <laughs> I'm not sure. I I, I <clears throat> um I think the 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 mystic. has fallen away <laughs> along with the rest of it um i don't really know what a mystic is but no for sure it conjures up one who yearns for the divine one who yearns for union and is seeking that in some way either through a prayer contemplative practice um, and so on. And I think that that's gone. Uh, it's gone because there's nobody here to seek anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. not seeking a union with anything. It's not seeking for the beyond. Yeah. It's almost the mystic would be the one who seeks the beyond, beyond this, uh, this world of form. Yeah. And it's temporary <laughs> satisfactions. Uh, um, so I, I would have been that. When maybe that's part of what got you here. Yes, I, I, here where in awakening <laughs> in the now. In the, yes, in, it is. Yes. It's. it's I, I think the mystic is is the seeker seeking for something more than the mundane or the or like I say the temporary satisfactions, um, and and I would have been that from for many many years. Um, the mystic in that sense, came undone in awakening. Yes. <laughs> there's, okay, there's nobody so, here but, seeking anything, so it's very no, ordinary. I, you've <laughs> demolished that quite accurately. So, I know what about it's this very kind glamorous. Of re- <laughs> religious, no, it's very glamorous. Yeah, it, 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 the, the, the religious, there's a, there's, there's a the religiosity to you. There, come on, there is. There's something. <laughs> there's something within you. What is it? Do you, do you feel? Do you know? Do you care? 
I got her. I don't know, and I, I got don't her care. to silence. I got her to silence. I, I don't know, and I don't. Happy I don't. Christmas. <laughs> I don't know what you what you what you mean. You mean something? I'm trying to understand the kind of flavour of of the the fragrance of of Amoda's essence that's come through her her life. Your life has been a a movement from all you know in, in various broken kind of ways, but something has informed you to arrive at a at a at, a, at such a a depth at such a but also such a beauty beautiful eloquence. You know that includes many of the metaphors, you know, of 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 the religious icons, if you like, for instance. Uh, you, yeah. What? 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 Where's that? Uh, I'm trying. I'm I trying mean, to get you to 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 to. I don't know to not have an answer, but to kind of look around a bit. It's an investigation, really. Yeah. I mean, I can I can only say that I've. Never, ever since I was a child, I mean, not completely, but um, but underneath everything, my primary, the primary force that drove my life, we could call that the beyond, um, I didn't have much interest in society <laughs> yeah as a child something. yeah as a child that would be friends the accumulation of friends peer structure your your place in that um you know the things that make you fit into society so i was a loner um i i i preferred my aloneness because so I was quite a contemplative child yes um, and, you and had, circumstances you had... led me to be alone anyway but yes you also had some experiences when you were young didn't you I um yeah well when I was very very young yeah. my and I'm I'm only told this so I don't have very strong memory of it I have very vague memory my mother tells me she'd find me just sort of <laughs> in a kind of reverie, reverie. I, I, she wouldn't call it a reverie. She thought it was something else, but um, or something wrong. But I, I think I experienced it as the reverie of silence. You, I remember you I, saying, I, I'm, I'm quite on. empty. Yeah. yeah, I was very empty yeah. child. Yeah. I remember you saying that you were in like the crib and stuff like that, or in the cot, yes. and you'd be in a kind of reverie, and she'd come in and you'd freak out really because yes. she'd invaded that kind yes. of reverie. I was very space. yes, I, and I've always been that way. You've always <laughs> been like you know, that, actually. Yeah. I, I, I don't like my ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. It's still there. I mean, I'm very <laughs> fluid with it now, but. I have a tendency not to like the 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 open space to be invaded. Um and as a child that would be much more um you know visceral. I, I'd get shocked. So yes, I would I would freak out or get scared or cry if she invaded that. So I was very easily going into reverie spaces in that aloneness. So silence. Um you know, I was kind of like that throughout my, 
childhood and then you know growing up as well it became neurotic at some or dysfunctional i should yes, say yes. that's because i was started to be withdrawn from the world and for for all sorts of psychological it, yes, reasons it turned into a so it turned a into while, yes. yeah uh, more of a you know dysfunctional Probably, yeah. psychological condition but i had a tendency to the to to that i nothing that i did in my life um uh, even in my youth was driven by um uh material value i had no idea about material value i never even thought about it <laughs> having a you know a roof over my head or uh, security or comfort or money or anything like that just wasn't even in my consciousness i mean yes i i liked nice things you know i quite good had quite good taste i liked you know the the good you know i don't know nice clothes not raggedy clothes and and that kind of thing but it, it still it was temporary it was passing um but but so my you know I, there was some uh, ambition if you like on a worldly level but driven by a sense that i had something to offer the world in terms of ah. you know cutting edge research which is why i did psychology ah. so it was still yeah. driven oh, by see. a visionary sense rather than mm. a need to accumulate anything mm. it was it was uh, somewhat tainted by my need for approval mm. um so that would be the qualifications but most of it was was the momentum or the motivating force was to 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 bring something visionary to the world mm. so that was kind of my driving thing force and then and then shortly after that when that fell apart it was all contemplative it was all it was all what is the meaning of life what is the nature of existence what am i who am i uh what is everything you know a very exist- existential question if you like these days it would be a a, a non-dual inquiry um although in those days it wasn't non-duality wasn't really uh, a thing <laughs> no. um so that's always been yeah the the the, the driver in in this in this life uh, uh and for a long time i didn't really have much uh i was pretty capable of of looking after myself but i i didn't have much interest on, on a worldly level and in fact in many ways since we've come to america this is the most worldly with 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 both i mean you talk about yourself but i'm even worse than you i but my history is even worse but i'm not going to even go there talk about that but, it, but so it, it's, it's functional yeah. now yeah the 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 yeah. the, the need to yeah. yeah it's it's functional in the sense that it has to serve or yes. or uh, support that which is the primary which is which is this <laughs> yeah uh if if we didn't need the world for that then then great even better but we do in order to support it yeah certain structures and so on so it comes from necessity that's like being in the marketplace but uh huh. but not of it <laughs> being oh. in the world but not of it and i feel that's what it's come to now but in terms of you know as a as a as a individuation i seem to have incarnated um uh in this way which has been both a 
uh, a sort of blessing and a curse along the way. I know. I mean, and and, <laughs> and I apologise for for digging in a little bit, but I know that that you know some people who 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 are with us in some ways, and other people are are kind of interested and and, and are interested in the backstory, if you like, of the the you know the the pattern that's led to the to to one such as you and in a way particularly as a woman to have found her way through to actually be a a powerful i think a strong voice in a in a in a very unusual kind of way so what has kind of led to that because it's been an extraordinary life you've lived in many ways not on the external achievement level but on the internal falling away level of the you know, of the whole mess of things that's ended up uh, creating such a, a, a div- divine beauty out of the the mess. So it, it it is really, you know, it's 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 interesting to to hear you reflect on it in in a in a in this way. Mm. I think that through all the meanderings of this life, um, the end, the meaning of suffering has been the primary question. N- not that it was formed earlier on, yeah. So I kind of meandered through different. It was only experienced. Yeah, yeah inner experiences and inner, uh, you know, quests. But I, what drove that is what is the meaning of suffering that came to a head, which which then led to the the, the vision. The vision opened up. But it, it, what do I mean by what is the meaning of suffering? <sighs> Being absorbed in the convoluted and sometimes sometimes a reverie and sometimes a a, a, a sort of darkness, psychological darkness, spiritual darkness. I, that's why I studied psychology, not that it gave me any answers, but I was always interested in what it created is this? more suffering. <laughs> it did. What, what is this? What, what, what is this that I'm experiencing? Why am I experiencing it? And not just for myself, like, you know, what happened in my past. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it included that it had to include that, but it was more like on a human level. Yeah, because I'm, I'm very universal. I felt I felt that even when I was young, I I, I was more uh, identified with the universal human experience than the individual human experience. This is your Aquarianness. That's very Aquarian. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, what is this human condition that has all these veils of experience from the transcendent to the incredibly. Uh, dark which which leads to suicide yeah the mm-hmm. yeah there's such a self self rootedness yeah, yeah yeah um uh, and so i was always interested in that so everything that i 
was studying or exploring or through spiritual practices, through psychological practices, through self-help practices. But the whole of my life was an investigation into that, either knowingly or unknowingly. Mm -hmm. So it's the meaning of that. What does it mean to suffer? In other words, why do we suffer? Yeah. Oh, and, 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 and what's the way through that suffering? Yes, yes, Is yes, it through yes. becoming a better self? So I'm happier and I have better emotions. Is it through positive thinking? Is it through meditation? Is it through, I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So, and so on and so on and so on. And that came to a head. Yeah. 20 years ago, I think it was 20 years ago. Mm. Well, yes, exactly 20 years ago. Mm. When I asked very specifically, it came to consciousness, what is the meaning of suffering, both individually and as a human condition? Because I know what I'm experiencing is also a universal experience in different ways. It can't be just my own. Yeah. And that opened the doorway to the visionary, mystical experience, whatever we want to call it. And that opened the doorway following that, I don't know, several months later to a profound awakening. Yeah. What is the meaning of suffering? It's not an intellectual question. It doesn't require an intellectual, conceptual understanding or answer. It was in this experience, can I, can I see the nature of suffering. I asked the right question for me in that moment. What is the nature of suffering? That's what it means, the meaning of suffering. I saw the nature of suffering. The nature of suffering is the movement of individuated mind, in other words, ego mind, craving and aversion. Never resting right here, where it is, where it is, the horizontal. Wow. I experience that in meditation. So, I, I uh, being an experienced, relatively experienced meditator, I could see the subtle movement towards expansion, silence, emptiness, and then perhaps something comes in. And there's an aversion to that, trying to get back to that state. Yeah, so efforting takes place. Very subtle. I saw it in that. And I saw it in my everyday life in this moment, just sitting here. Ooh, kind of aloneness opens up. It's like an abyss of aloneness. And so the self, the seeking mind self, ego self wants to move away. So it has a positive thought or a thought about mm. the future or something it's going to do. It's very subtle. Mm. I saw the nature of suffering in absolute detail. And in seeing it came the end of suffering or the possibility of the end of suffering. And all of this took place sequentially or in two in two sections over a few months so um wow it, 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 i think that driving question was part of this incarnation yes that's that's extraordinary great why Great i don't know i don't know why it's just it doesn't matter it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter, matter why, why. <laughs> no i mean you know the inquiry into the 
nature or, or the meaning of suffering is a, has the capacity, as we know, and as I've explored myself, to take you all the way, to take you all the way. Yeah, you know, when it's when it's when it when it's uh, allowed or explored in the way that you're talking about, not as an intellectual exercise, but as a, a visceral experience, you know, allowed in. And as you were talking, then obviously that that brings us right back to the metaphor and the lit and the story, as far as we know it, of the cross of Jesus on the cross. That's it. Yes. What is the nature of suffering? Because there are two aspects to the nature of suffering. One is the self on the horizontal plane that seeks to avoid suffering and thinks, what is wrong with this suffering? I must get away from it or I must understand it or I must explain it. Yeah. To the verticality, which is, which is <laughs> the big stop. The big there stop. are the big, the big stop, almost the no explanation, the mm -hmm. the, the capacity. But to, isn't that to Buddhist teaching? Yeah, Buddhist teaching very, as well, isn't it? It's like exactly I teach I mean. the, I teach. Yeah. I can't remember the exact words, but it's something like I teach the nature of suffering and I teach the end of suffering. Yes. You can't have the end of suffering without understanding, truly understanding, not intellectually, but just experientially, the nature of suffering. Because it. Because to explore that for oneself opens every door, every door within us. It opens mm -hmm. the heart, it opens the mind, it opens the, the mm -hmm. one who wants to grasp hold of, it opens the door of the existential abyss, mm -hmm. you know, doesn't it? It opens every door and then you get to find out which door you still want to close because you can't, yeah, because you can't, mm -hmm. can't reconcile the nature of suffering or yeah or the confusion or the the horror or whatever it is mm -hmm. so that's the the answer that I was looking for i think in you <laughs> that's the beautiful answer that i was looking for now i think we've gone as far as we can go do mm -hmm. you think yeah. that 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 kind of yeah. wraps us up for this for the for this Conversation. I think, so. I think we've explored it to a certain extent. Obviously, yeah. there's always more to say on many different levels about all of these things, and and uh, but but we have to kind of draw draw a line under it at, at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Imoda, for uh, sharing that. I I I I'm a little disappointed that we didn't get on to the two pronged. Story, you know, story of both of those experiences, the vision. I, you know, I mean, we 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 know, or I know, or I think a lot of people who listen know about the the second experience, but the context of the first experience, the more mystical. I don't, I don't like to use that word, sorry, but the more visionary, <laughs> the, the 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 yeah, that that kind of vision is a very interesting one in light of this conversation. Yeah, well, you know, I I I. When that initial visionary experience took place, in some ways, I I, I kind of thought that's it. That's yes. that's I don't know what that's it means, but I sort of <laughs> <laughs> not that I'd arrived somewhere, but it had given me everything I needed to know right, about the enough. nature of suffering. Yeah. It was enough, and I wrote my first book. <clears throat> my first book was How to Find God in God in Everything, which was a description of that vision, and then an oh. opening up 
of what that meant in terms of living from that. Um, and I wrote that first. It was called How to Find God in Everything. And it was reprinted several years later as Radical Awakening. Mm. So How to Find God in Everything is no longer in print. Mm. Radical Awakening is in print. It's the mm. same book, um, but it's got a, an extra uh, introduction that describes, puts it into the context of, of how that happened and why that happened, if you like. Um, and that was that was that was that. It, it, I didn't know there was, there was another level to it, yeah, which was uh, um, what I call awakening. I mean, it was awakening, but um, anyway, there was the two stages. So the first book was born out of that vision, really, yes, because I yes, thought that yes. was it. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 second experience was the. That was the it that you thought the first one was yes. in many ways, yes. wasn't it? In some ways I overlooked the, the, the second one because it just seemed so, yes. um, in some ways, natural and, and ordinary. But that was the one that that, uh, that undid undid the ego structure. And so there was a, 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 a natural, organic living from that, which has become, if you like, what is now what we call the teaching, yeah, what I offer through my dialogues and discourses has arisen from that and not from the vision. The vision was a precursor that showed me the way, yeah, gave me an understanding, gave me a visceral sense of it, but it wasn't the actual undoing. Mm. And also the first one was much more of a kind of uh, because you've got a, a collective kind of consciousness about you. It was also about the collective experience, yeah? Yeah. Whereas in many ways, the second experience was the micro. It went into the micro. The yes. first one was the macro. Yes. And the, yes. And the second one was the, the absolute minutiae of the movement of the mechanism of the structure of self as it moves from one micro. That's right. Yeah. The, the, the first one was, was, was visionary. So it gave me... Uh, so, so it was my personal guide, if you like. That was my teacher, but it was also a collective vision. It showed me what's possible when I investigated, when I asked the question, what is the nature of suffering? It was a personal question, but it was also a collective question. What is the nature of suffering? Why Why do we suffer as human beings? Why is, why is there suffering in the world? I don't mean you know, violence and war, but I, well, it, it relates to that as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, why do people suffer? Mm -hmm. um, and and why do we collectively suffer? So it gave me a collective vision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's really what I was writing mm -hmm. from. Yeah. And you're right. Then, then, then it became much more about the mechanism of awakening. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, the, the first one as well was very much uh, to br brought you into some of that religiosity in the sense of I uh, had the the walking through the valley in the valley of the shadow of death is when yes. you talked about it. That's yes. that's pretty yes. much what it what it was, right? It's yes. like staying yes. present as the maras of yes the, yeah staying in the presence as the fear as the war as the violence as the yes, suffering as, as the darkness yeah, and the, yeah. so yeah. there was a a kind of re religiosity is a loose word i'm using using it loosely. it was deeply symbolic and 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 yes yeah whereas still valuable one, but not yeah <laughs> whereas the second one had none of that it was it was 
<laughs> it was like the Zen version. It wasn't just this, yeah. just this, yeah. just this. Yeah. And those two have, they, they do fit together. They do inform each other. They have a, a, a sort of supported a, a, a fragrance, I think. That you're both at, you have both aspects. Yeah. I, I, I think in, in the early days, there was a small attempt, um, should I call it a feeble attempt to, <laughs> to speak from that collective understanding or mm. vision. And whilst that had some, you know, juice or impact, it, it, it could only go to a certain point. Yes. Um, and, and that's when I stopped speaking about it at all. Yes. Um, in order for it to have value to the individual or to point um, uh, to the potential of freedom in the now, which is what this is really about, um, that had to come not from the collective vision. It had to be spoken from the direct experience through this self and speak directly to the other. And so that's why it's become the way it is now. Um, yes, that's so the, the, the right. collect, collective visionness of it has sort of it's in the background. We're here. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because you, although you're a, I would call you a, a, a visionary in many ways. That the visionariness is, you know, can very easily become of the self. So it yes. sort of gets hijacked, and you sort yes. of, I'm a visionary, and you know, I'll show you the way, and, and then we start hoping for a brighter you, future. Before you know it, there's a guru, and there's a cult, and there's a, you know, well, this kind of thing. yeah, uh, it also doesn't serve the 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 very real, direct possibility of of awakening out yeah. of suffering now no, yeah? yeah so the teaching became or what was spoken it wasn't a teaching but what was shared and spoken had to come from that and that took a, a while to integrate and almost let go of the collective vision um yeah. by which time the book was in print <laughs> yeah. and in some ways i you know i can look back and go oh, wish i wish i wish i wish it hadn't been published but actually it's so long ago now that um, it, it's not where people go to 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 get a handle on what's being offered here. Yeah, no, it has to be spoken of in individually, really, doesn't it? Mm. Intimately, yeah, mm. and it mm. has to, it has to have that quality. And I think your 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 work, our work, uh, does have that kind of quality. Mm. We do speak on that level. So, okay, we we opened that up okay. again, and now I'm going to close it down again. <laughs> And uh, thank you very much, Murder. I'll see you okay. in the kitchen. Thanks so much for listening. I'm going to hope this is out and, and I get to put it out on Friday before Christmas. And uh, and uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. And thank you for listening this year to our meanderings. And I hope they've been worthwhile for you because uh, it's a, a serious pleasure for me to explore Murder's consciousness and to hopefully add something to the teaching, add something to the spiritual conversation, you know, that explores areas that maybe some other people, some other teachers don't want to go down. There's a nuance and, and, and maybe there's a uniqueness to what we've got to offer. And we've, we, we, we try and do it as honestly and openly and, and uh, interestingly as, as possible. So uh, if it offends anybody, I'm sorry. And if it doesn't offend anybody, I'm not sorry. So uh, I, we wish you uh, uh, for what it's worth, a very, um, what do you say, beautiful, uh, blessed 
Christmas, happy holidays. I think some people don't use the word Christmas anymore for some strange reason or something. So may you be well, may you be blessed, and we'll see you hopefully in the new year. Where we'll be back back with another Amodamar podcast, and we're looking forward to getting some interesting guests so that we can we can uh, have have deeper and and broader. Uh, conversations about these 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 subjects that actually interest people quite a lot. Okay, thank you thank so you. much, Amoda. And <laughs> oh, uh, thank you. Be well. Take care. See you later. Goodbye. Bye bye. Namaste. Namaste.